pray all these things in Jesus' name, the name at which every knee will bow and the name every tongue will confess. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Quickly, just take 30 seconds and turn around and shake someone's hand that you did not come here with today. It's great to see everybody this morning, and like you said, I, part of part of what you're hearing from me today is just, is just kind of me being me just being transparent and me being open, and um, me just kind of recognizing that that I don't have everything figured out. I, I kind of wish that I did, but I don't. Um, but you're just kind of getting the the, the the transparent me today. Um, just kind of hearing me as I, as I walk through and process and pray through and ask for God's help and, and everything that we're walking through. And so I, I, hope that you'll, I hope that you'll be vulnerable with me, that you'll be transparent with me as, we're, as we kind of walk through this season um, that we're walking through. And I just want to welcome you. If it's your first time here, thank you for joining us. It's, it's always our honor that, that you're spending part of your weekend here with us at Skyline Church. And uh, I think it's fitting that, that today of all days, we, we've had it planned for months and months and months. But today, as a church, we're actually starting 21 days of prayer uh, together. So for the next 21 days, uh, we're setting aside time daily to pray. Uh, we're we're, we're going to be very intentional. We're we're, we're going to be uh, just just kind of dig in for the next three weeks, uh, for the next twenty one days, and just really be intentional uh, about prayer. And, and and I genuinely believe that there's no greater time and need for this than right now, uh, for our cities, for our family, for 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 just everything that we have going on. I think that this is such a crucial time for us uh, to just kind of slow everything down for the next three weeks. Uh, and just spend some time in, in prayer. And it's important, I, I believe, for us to, to understand seasons in life. Um, you, you can't just continually go, 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 and just always be going. And I, I believe it, part of my job in, in leading this church is, is to help the, the, this body and this church understand that there are seasons. Um, and and it, it's time to just slow down for a little bit uh, as a church. And we're going to be very intentional in doing that. You know, this was an extremely personal thing for me thinking through this week. Um, it, the last 13 months for me and for my family have just been 100 miles an hour uh, from moving here to, to launching the church and to, to making everything happen. And it just, it dawned on me, it's like, I haven't, I haven't hit the brakes once. It's just been nonstop and going. And maybe you feel that same way the last six months, last year, last however long has just been go, 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 go. And there's just never been a time to breathe and, and a time to stop. And I want to help you build that in, help you build in some time. Because here's what ends up happening. When you go nonstop, you begin to run on your own speed and you begin to run on your own energy and you begin to do things uh, just out of your own strength. And, and church, I'll be the first to admit, I'm probably the most guilty person in the room of just trying to run on my own strength and, and doing it by myself and figuring it out by myself rather than pausing and saying, God, help me. And that's what the next 21 days are all about. 
They're about us pausing and saying, God, help us. Uh, whether you know it or not, the, the, the fall season is, is, a, is, a, is a big season for, for churches. A lot of people tend to come back to church and, you know, school starts up and our schedules kind of even back out and the, the trips are done and the vacations are done. And, and I'm genuinely believing that as school gets ready to start that, that God wants to do some great stuff in your life and in the life of this church. And we just kind of need to prepare for that and ask God for that. And on top of all that, we really just need to ask God for some help in, in this season right now that we just entered into yesterday. None of us wanted to jump into that. But we can't ignore it. We can't run away from it. We, we can't shrug it off and pretend it's not happening. But we need God's help. Uh, we need God to direct us and to guide us and to give us some wisdom and to give us some insight and to show us what we can do, how we can do it so that we can be a part of the conversation, part of the dialogue, a part of the healing that needs to take place in our city. And so for the next 21 days, we're, we're going to be focusing on prayer. And, and in those 21 days, we're going to kind of get a, a unique opportunity to do some stuff that we don't normally do. So just a couple of things. Um, if you, we have an app as a church, you can download it. You can just go to the, to the app store. And if you unfortunately have an Android, you can go to whatever thing you do with an Android and you can also find it there. Um, but you can just look up Skyline Seaville and we've got an app. And in that app, we actually have a 21 day prayer journal. And so for the next 21 days, starting today, we actually have kind of some daily prayer focuses that we're going to be praying about. Uh, and I would love to invite you to come be a part of that journey with us, just to set aside some time daily in your schedule to slow down and pray. And then on top of that, uh, the next two Saturdays uh, from 9 to 10 a.m., we're actually going to be having a prayer service. It was a really, it was a really cool story. Uh, uh, Pastor Tony um, Chavone, Pastor's Cornerstone Church, right down the road. And I meet with him on a, on a fairly regular basis, and I sat down with him a couple weeks ago saying, hey, I was getting ready to ask him, like, hey, can we use your building uh, so that we can get together and pray? And so I was like, hey, we're, we're getting ready to do 21 days of prayers at church. And he's like, hey, we are too. I was like, that's awesome. And he's like, I was like, when are you starting yours? He said, August 13th. I said, that's when we're starting ours. So Cornerstone right now today is starting their 21 days of prayer, and it's just it was just really cool how God kind of interwove us together. And he said, hey, we're, we're thinking about kind of at the end of that 21 days just coming together for a night of, of prayer and worship. Um, and he's like, why don't we do that together? You know, why don't our churches come together and invite other churches? And so even though it's kind of outside the 21 days, like the, the September 8th is technically after our 21 days, but the end of 21 days of prayer is Labor Day weekend. And don't lie, y'all are trying to get a squeeze in your last second vacation. I know you're going to do it. I'm probably going to try and do it Labor Day weekend. So... That Friday, September 8th, we're going to come together actually at their church at Cornerstone. It's on, it's on Burke Bar, and we're just going to pray for our city. And we're going to pray for our churches, and we're going to pray for all the other churches here in our city and, and just lift them up and ask God to do great and awesome things uh, in, in this coming season. So I want to encourage you over the next, the next 21 days, just go all in. Maybe you've never done the all-in thing with church. Maybe church has just been sporadic or you've never really. I want to challenge you for 21 days, just kind of go all in. And, and I promise you, it's going to be a transformational process that you walk through. God's going to speak. God's going to move. And, and, and he's going to do some work in us and through us if we'll kind of lean in and engage with that as we go through. So I'm excited. I, I'm excited to do this, these 21 days. So it officially goes from today, August 13th until September 2nd, that's, that's when our 21 days of prayer will be. And I just want to invite you to come on this journey with us as, as we do that. And, and to kind of kick that off as we're, as we're 
thinking about that and talking about that today, I, I want to look at this idea of, of detoxing. And I know often we, we think of that word in a very just physical manner, like I've got to detox my body and, you know, I'm starting this new diet and so I'm going to detox this and I'm going to cut this stuff out. And I'm going to add this stuff in and, and we're going to detox. And I just want to challenge us over the next 21 days to, to take that same idea of detox and, and apply it to our entire life. Because here, here's what that word really just means. That, that detox just simply means this, the removal of toxic substances from a living Organism. So it's removing the toxic things from us that really have no place in, our, in us. Now, we so often, like I said, we, we focus on the physical aspect of this. Let me just remind you, you are a triune being. You have a spirit, which is, which is the God part of you. You have a soul, your emotions, and, and your will. And you do have a body. But if we only focus on the body and we neglect the spirit and the soul... We're not really healthy. And, and there are some things that if we allow it into our spirit, it's just going to begin to kind of pollute us and, and damage us and, and, and cause us to be not really who we want to be. And so I, I just want to expand our thinking here on this day. Hey, I, I'm going to try and detox some stuff. And, and we're going to focus today on our spirit. How can I detox? Look, what, what I'm going to challenge you with today if 21 days seems really long, I'm just going to challenge you to do something for the next six days. Let's detox our spirit over the next six days. And, and I promise you, a miraculous thing will take place in your life if you'll lean in and you'll, you'll engage with that. So I, I want to jump in with this verse from 2 Corinthians. It, it starts in chapter 6, and we're actually, we'll end it with the first verse of chapter 7. But here's what it says. It says, do not be yoked together. With unbelievers, and let me just make a quick side note. I, I believe that this verse is quite often misused. Uh, it's always used in referencing relationships. Um, if you've been in church long enough, I'm sure you've heard someone say, hey, if you're dating someone who's not a Christian, they, they quote this verse to you. They say, hey, don't be yoked with an unbeliever. You, you shouldn't do that. And I think that's, a, that's just a, a very misuse of this passage. And that word yoked, by the way, simply means uh, uh, the proximity of your relationship, the, the closeness of your relationship. So really what this scripture is saying is, hey, be mindful of the things that, you're, that, that are really close to you. Be mindful of the things that, that, that are, are, are an intimate part of your life. It goes on to say, for, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? It's a rhetorical question. The, the obvious answer is nothing. They don't have anything in common. And, or, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Or what harmony is there between Christ and Belial? That's just a, another word for, for our enemy or for, for a demon. What, what does Christ have to do with that? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For, for we are the temple of the living God. Really quick, don't forget, you're building the church. The physical church itself is not holy. You're holy. You are the temple of God. Uh, down the road, when Skyline Church has a facility and a building and all of that stuff, and everyone in the dream team said amen because they're tired of setting stuff up every week, when that day comes, that building won't be holy. You'll be holy. The scripture says you're a temple uh, of the living God. And, so, and, and this is what God says in, in response to that idea. He's, this is God's promise to us. He says, I will live with them and walk among them. And I'll be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, 
says the Lord. God's saying, look, I want to walk with you. I want to be near you. That, that closeness is something that I want to have with you. I'll be there for you. And so I, I think we need to, in this season, just take stock and analyze, is there some stuff in my life that I don't need? Is there some stuff in me that, that doesn't need to be there? Can I just tell you, the level of God working in your life is entirely up to you. I'm not talking about salvation. I mean, Jesus shed his blood on the cross for you, and that's done and finished, and you're forgiven. But the level of God working in your life is entirely up to you. Because your nearness to him, your closeness to him, is up to you. And if you want to see God move and work in your life, we just got to get close. We just got to get, got to get in here. We'll keep on going. It says, touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters. And then this is where this is where this next verse is where chapter seven picks up. It says, since all of this stuff, it says, so go back to all these promises in, in chapter six. Well, what are they? The, the God just made a bunch of promises to us. He said, I'll walk with you, I'll be with you, I'll be a father to you, you'll be my son, you'll be my daughter. So since we have all of these promises, let us purify ourselves. So in reading that, who's responsible for purifying here? We'll try that again. We, we got to wake up. Who's responsible for doing the purifying here? We are. You see, when, when you come to faith in Jesus, God redeems you, God saves you, but then there's another process of purifying that we're responsible for. And so because I have all these great promises that, that God will walk with me and God will be with me and he'll be my father, the, the natural thing for me to want to do is say, hey, how can I just how can I make myself as best as possible? How can I purify myself from, from the things that contaminate my body and my spirit in perfecting holiness out of reverence for God? So that's what we're going to do. Let, let's take a look at some of the stuff that just contaminates and gets in the way and, and, just, and just messes with us. And so, I, and so for the next six days, I'm going to ask us to, to just try getting rid of three things and then adding three things. Not for 21 days. I just want you to test it for six days and see what happens. And here's what we're going to do a bit of a, of, a, of a spirit detox. And so here's a, here's a good indication. I, I was thinking this. How do you know if you're a good candidate for a, for a spiritual uh, spirit detox? Well, I want to read Psalm 13 too. Here's what it says. It says, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Anybody ever wrestle with your thoughts? Say, I, I want to do this, but I always end up doing that. I want to be here, but I always wind up over here. How, how long is this, is this wrestling game, this wrestling match going to go on? I'm telling you, if that's you, you're a really good candidate. I'm a really good candidate for, for spirit detox. Because how long, and, and have sorrow in my heart, how long will my enemy triumph over I mean, this is King David. This is what Scripture calls David, a man after God's own heart. And he's saying, how long is this wrestling match going to go on? How long am I going to want to do this, but instead do that? I'm going to give you some real revelatory news right now. Romans 8 follows Romans chapter 7. Mind blown right there. Y'all, it'll catch up to you here in a second. 
But the antidote, the, the prescription we find is in Romans chapter 8. But in Romans chapter 7, the, the author Paul go, lists a similar struggle that he's walking through. He spends all of chapter 7 saying, I'm a wretched man. I, I do the things that I don't want to do, and then I don't do the things that I do want to do. Who can save me from this process? Who, who can save me from this life that I'm living? Because I, I, I always end up doing the thing that I don't want to do. And then the things... I'll, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'll raise my hand. You say there's things you're not going to do, and then you do them. How long is that going to go on? But then we get, we get the prescription in, in Romans chapter 8, and so I just want to read this. It says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds, their thoughts, their thinking, or is just preoccupied on, on what the nature, that nature desires. It says, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind, they have their thinking, they have it set on what the Spirit desires. It says, the mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. I don't know about you, but I could use some peace right about now. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, it says, we have an obligation, and maybe obligation is not a good word, but because of that, here are some things that we should probably do. And that obligation we have isn't to follow our sinful nature. But it says, for if you live according to your sinful nature, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. And so I want to help us put some things to death and then bring some things to life in us. I just want to challenge us for six days, for six days to try this. Say, hey, we're, there's some stuff in my life that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out, uh, I'm going to remove, and then there's some stuff that I, I'm going to put in over the next six days. I don't know if you've ever done like a fast before, but I, ha, I, I have fasted on, you know, on occasion, and, and when you do that, you just sometimes you cut some food out, and there's been times I just kind of cut coffee, like just cold turkey, like a fool. Um, and like those first three or four days are brutal. I mean, you, you would think like I, I, I'm, I'm dying. It's just headaches and I'm, I'm just, I'm angry. Like don't be around me when I'm fasting coffee. <clears throat> it was just simply means I, I have, I drink too much coffee. But about day five, all of a sudden I, I, I get that, I get that feeling of like, oh my goodness, I feel so good. Like what caffeine? I don't need that. I feel, I feel clear-minded. I feel good. And in the same way, I think some of us have maybe forgotten how good we can feel spiritually. Because some of those toxins have just kind of crept in, and we've not done an examination, and we've not really looked. If we'll cut them out and starve those things and remove them, about day four, day five, you're going to start feeling, oh, my goodness, I forgot how good I can feel spiritually. I forgot about that. So let's dive in. What, what are some things that we can do? The, the, here's the first thing. Here, here's what I'm going to challenge you to starve over the next six days. Let's starve doubt. Starve it. Cut it out. Remove it. Let it be no part of what you're doing. And doubt is simply this. Doubt is simply believing what the world thinks instead of believing what God thinks. Because if you believe what the world thinks, you think the world's coming to an end just about every day. Because that's, that, that's, that's what we constantly hear. It, it's over. It's done. It's, it, there's no coming back. We can't do anything about it. There's no fixing it. It's so bad. We, 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 humanity has just lost it. And if we just constantly think and think and think like the world thinks, we're just, we're just going to be so full of doubt. 
And, and, and if we're not careful, we let that seep in and that, that can become a, a toxin uh, in us. And, and I, I, have, I have a tendency, you can ask my wife, I have a tendency to, to get wrapped up in the news. It's just, it's a bad habit I have. I, I kind of get wrapped up into that, you know, that 24-7 news cycle and got to be reading it and gotta, I got to get in that blog and I got to read this and I got to watch that. And, I gotta, and I, it, if I'm not careful, it gets me just like this really depressed kind of state. Be like, everybody's, everybody kind of stinks. I mean, not me, but like everybody else like really, really stinks. If, if that's all I'm ingesting, if I'm just ingesting what the world thinks, that, that, that doubt just be kind of be, begins to sink in. And so he, how, how do we do that? If we're going to starve doubt, here's what we just, just commit to doing this the next six days. I'm just going to trust what God says. I mean, let, let's not complicate it. We, we, we don't need a big, long formula. Let's just for the next six days, God, I'm, I'm going to commit to trust what you say. If you say you love me, I believe you love me. If, if you say that you're with me and you're never going to leave me, then I believe that you're with me. If you say that you're going to finish the work that you started in me, then I'm going to believe that you're going to finish the work that you started. I'm just going to trust what you say. Proverbs 3, 5 says it this way. You, you may have heard this before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. For the next six days, God, I'm just trusting in you. Because I'm going to starve doubt. De doubt's not going to be part of my diet. Over the next six days, I, I, I am removing that. So I'm going to starve doubt. The second thing I'm going to challenge us to starve is, is just negativity. I am going to starve negativity out of my life. I don't know if you guys know anybody like this. Uh, in, in one circle of friends, we, we refer to this person as, as just a Debbie Downer. Like every time they walk in the door, like that noise comes out, it's like, womp, womp. You, you know who I'm talking about. And if you don't, you might be it. I'm just kidding. Or uh, maybe a better, like if, if you never heard Debbie, maybe you just you just know an Eeyore. Uh, everything stinks. I'm so tired. Nothing's gonna get better. You know the person. It's just an Eeyore. It's just down. I'm just negative. Nothing's gonna get better. It's never gonna go our way. It's never gonna get fixed. This may sound silly. For the next six days, you just commit to being Tigger. Like just bounce off the walls and just go crazy and just, just be like, I can do anything. I can accomplish anything. Oh, you don't think I can? I can. Whatever it is, you, I'm, I'm the best at it. Why? Because I'm a Tigger. That's what I do. Just flush out the negativity. Just commit to not being Eeyore for the next six days. How do I do that? How do I flush out the negativity? I need to do uh, two things. First, I need to think what God thinks. I need to start thinking how God thinks. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, uh, you, will, you will keep him in perfect peace whose what? Whose mind, whose thinking, whose uh, uh, is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God, I need to change the way that I think. I need to keep my thinking on you. Because you're going to give me peace when I do that. So I need to think what God thinks. And, and then the a second thing I need to do is, is I just need to say what God says. I, I just I need to begin to change the words that come out of my mouth. Because then I can drive out. I can starve the negativity. If, if I'll begin to say the things that God says. Here's a tough one for myself included in the room. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. 
But let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You're saying, Jeff, I can't do that. Yes, you can for six days. For six days, you can say, I'm only going to let positive, encouraging, uplifting things come out of my mouth. Say, Jeff, you don't know my kids. It doesn't matter. You don't know my spouse. It doesn't matter. For six days. Uh, There's another another translation that says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Let's starve negativity by deciding today to say, I'm going to say the things that God says. Here's an idea. I don't know if if any of you had this growing up. I I personally didn't, but I, I had friends growing up who had this thing. They had a, um, they had a swear jar at their house. Some of y'all might have that at your house right now. It's totally cool. You can admit that. You have a swear jar. Um, but like anytime, like they, they would cuss or whatever, you know, they'd have to put like a quarter or a dollar or whatever in the jar. Um, and just as a reminder, like, hey, don't do that because you're, you know, you have to pay the fine for, for doing that. Here's, here's an idea, crazy idea. Why don't you for the next six days put a negativity jar in your house? Let something negative come out, out of your mouth. You go ahead and put money in that jar. Just a reminder, I'm not going to be negative. I, I am not going to speak negativity over my family, over my marriage, over my kids, over my work, over my, over my city. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to speak what God would say over us. So we're going to starve doubt. We're going to starve negativity. And the, the, the third one might be kind of obvious, but we're going to starve sin in our life. I'm going to tell you right now, anything sinful is going to begin to corrupt your spirit. It's, it's going to mess you up. And, and I know that word sometimes, it, it comes with, so often we hear it, it comes with guilt and it comes with a heaviness. And, and we say that word, everyone's like, oh, well, I'm turning him off because he's talking about sin. Can I just tell you that that's not how God views it? That word, sin, in the New Testament, the, the Greek word, the original word, hamartia, simply means this. It simply means to miss the mark. So when we talk about sin, we're, we're simply talking about missing the mark. And most often the reason we miss the mark is because we're aimed at the wrong thing. And that's another reason why the, the New Testament word for the, our response to sin is this word repent. And again, that's another one of those words like, oh, they're talking about sin and repentance. And that word comes with so much negative connotation. Can I tell you what that word means? That word simply means to change directions. The solution to missing the mark is to change what you're aiming at. And so for some of us, and I can't tell you what it is for you, I can tell you what it is for me, but you know where you're missing the mark in life. In a relationship with your kids, with your spouse, with with what you watch, with what you listen to, with what you consume. I don't know what it is. But the solution is to just redirect. You repent by turning and saying, I'm not going to miss the mark. I'm going to aim at the right thing. So let's just commit for the next six days to, re- to reorient ourselves, to re-aim my life. Many of us are just aimed at the wrong thing. So, so how do I do that? Just, just simply turn to what God wants. S- simply turn to what he wants for you. Romans 6.13 says it this way. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. Say, I'm going to take the next six days. I'm going to re-aim. I'm just going to re-aim, and and I'm 
going to begin to starve doubt. I'm going to starve the negativity. I'm going to starve sin. And when we remember, as we detox, it's not enough just to take stuff out. We also got to put the right stuff in. And so we, we also need to make sure that we're feeding ourselves the right thing. So, so for the next three days, or for the next six days, we're going to starve those three things. And I'm going to challenge us to, to now feed ourselves three different things over the next six days. The first thing is this. Let's feed ourselves God's word. Let's feed our spirit God's word. We, we, we have to get into it. We, we have to return to God's reality. We've got to get our mind and our spirit back on, on his reality. And so I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. This doesn't have to be what you do. But for me, for the next six days, I'm turning off all news sources. Blogs, Facebook, news, whatever. I'm turning it off. Because for me, that becomes a distraction for me. And so I'm just turning it off. So I, I, am, I am removing that from me for the next six days, and I'm committing to saying, God, your word is going to be a priority in my life. In fact, if you, if you get that 21-day prayer journal, there's scripture on every day. You can use that as a guide. You can get the Bible app, and you can just use the one-year Bible and just read a couple chapters of God's word every day. But, but just make the commitment to say, hey, over the next six days, not 21, just for six days, this is what I'm going to do. And that's, uh, that's what that, do you have a blank right there that you can kind of follow? It says, I will blank do this. I'm, I, I don't know what it is for you, but I know what it is for me. Uh, Psalm 1, 1 and 2 says this, is happy are those who reject the advice of evil men. Instead, they find their joy in obeying the law of the Lord, and they study it day and night, just getting into God's word, getting in God's word. I would recommend that in this moment, right now, as you're thinking about it, what are you going to do for the next six days? What's that, what, what, what is that going to be? How are you going to feed yourself that for the next six days? So we're going to feed our spirit God's word. We're going to feed it some worship. I, I, I firmly believe that we need to feed ourselves. Some, and I'm specifically talking about like worship music. Turning that on and filling ourselves with, with worship because it, it helps realign my heart and my mind and my perspective as to where it should be. Did you know the average American, the average person listens to four hours of music daily? That comes out to 60 days a year. A sixth of your year is spent listening to music. And I promise you, the way that culture is propagated is through pop music, is through music. So we, we got we to change what we're taking in for six days. I'm just going to challenge you for six days to say, I, I'm letting in worship music. We have, a, we have a, a playlist on Spotify. You can look it up. It's just Skyline Church Worship. You can look it up. We got like six hours of music on there. Just for the next six days, say, hey, I'm just going to listen to worship music. I'm gonna I'm gonna let that be what seeps into into my soul in, in in what I'm doing. And and for some of you, you may go through some serious withdrawal for the first day. You might you know kind of cringe up and be like, I don't know what I'm gonna do without my music. It's okay. After about three or four days, you'll be like, Oh man, my heart, my spirit, my mind is just is just in a better place because I've been filling it with with God's word. Philippians four eight nine. Say this, say, fix your thoughts, fix your thinking on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What's the outcome when I do that? What is the outcome when I, 
think on these things. By the way, a great way to do that is just to listen to some worship music. But what happens when I do that? Here's what scripture says happens. It says, then the God of peace will be with you. So much of our thinking is spent on negativity. So much of our thinking is spent on trash. So much of our, neg- our thinking is just spent on other things. And we wonder why we don't have peace. But if we'd fix our thoughts on what's right and what's good, and what's admirable, what's excellent, then we begin to have peace. So I just want to challenge you for six days just to turn on some worship music. So again, there's a little fill in the blank there. It says, what, what, what are you going to do? I, I don't know what you're going to do. But I, I challenge you to decide to do something over the next six days and test it. So we're going to feed ourselves God's word. We're going to feed it prayer. And then we're also going to feed our spirits some, uh, some prayer. That's, that's the, the third thing that, that, that we're going to do. I'm going to challenge us for six days to, to commit to praying. Now, we're starting 21 days of prayer right now. And if 21 seems really long, I just, okay, take the next six. Take, take five days on your own. Take Monday through Friday on your own. And then Saturday, come join us for an hour from 9 to 10 and come pray with us. And see if you don't want to do the same exact thing next week. And the week after that. And the week after that. And the week after that. Because as you begin to let that into your heart and into your spirit, it just begins to change you. It begins to make us different people. As we do that, we'll kind of we'll 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 close with this verse here. Second Chronicles 7:14 says it this way. And 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 I just have to give a little side note on, on this. Far too often, uh, this passage is read, um, and people want to project it onto America. Now, you've probably read this verse before, so you'll you'll understand what I'm saying. But it it starts by saying, "If my people," I just want to tell you, God's people are His church. America is not God's people; the church are His people, and so this is directed towards us. And so I just want you to hear the promise that's in here as we, as we seek God and begin to add prayer to us. It says, if my people, my, my God-defined people, respond by humbling themselves, praying, seeking my presence. We do that, by the way, when we worship. Turning their backs on their wicked ways, that, that's just repenting. We've talked about that. Listen to God's promise. I'll be there ready for you. I'll listen from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, and I'm going to restore their land to health. I don't know about you, but I have a feeling there's some people in this room who are looking to be restored to health. Your life, your family, your situation, your marriage, your kids, this city. And God's promise is that if we'll humble ourselves, if we'll seek Him, if we'll pray, if we'll worship, God says, I'll be there for you. I'm ready, I'm waiting for you to to seek me. God says, I'll I'll get you healthy again. And so I just want to ask you, will you join us? Will you join me in this journey? Over the next 21 days, will will you join in this journey of saying, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to starve. I'm going to fix my spirit. God, I want to see you do great things. I want to see you move. I want to see you see you speak. So right now, here, here's what I want everyone to do. I want you to put everything away 
quick, quick, your phone, your notes, your pen, whatever. 